0: hello everyone welcome to the untitled theme entertainment design show episode 78 we had 10 questions about business development with matt kent been at a lot of places wasn't it a lot of fun andy
1: it was awesome he's far too handsome to be in team entertainment
0: all right everyone uh, enjoy and go log on to youtube to see matt kent <laughs> <laughs> well hello andy garfield how are you doing today bud
1: i'm i'm doing good i'm very chill now with that uh Super relaxing water park uh, footage.
0: Hey, Heidi. Hey, Teddy.
1: Oh, hey. Teddy, Heidi. Heidi. Very nice to see you guys. I love the internet. What you know, uh, you know uh, despite despite what you may think, uh, you know, we are talking about Martin Aquatic. And, and f- here from Martin Aquatic, our guest, uh, Matt Kent, to talk about business development. But first, the news. First,
0: the news. Yeah, we're really excited uh, to talk about business development. Uh, Dateline. <laughs> Nintendo Land USA, our Nintendo <laughs> World, has opened. uh Congratulations out to all the team that worked on it. I had uh, several friends that worked on it.
1: Yeah, we, uh, we all do, including our very own CJ.
0: Yes. Well, I don't know if he's allowed to say it or not, but yeah, he would definitely worked on that project. um uh, no, <laughs> Oops. <laughs> yeah. Oops. Uh, they consume me. What well, one that one thing that's fun is that Andy and I we actually went to a soft opening, a technical rehearsal. Oh, I don't know what four four Two, weeks ago maybe three weeks right ago,
1: there. yeah, about three weeks ago.
0: Yeah, so we got to see it firsthand. You know, I really enjoyed the land. I I don't just say that kind of stuff. Like I really enjoyed it. The kinetics are amazing. The yeah, we I,
1: wouldn't talk about it if we didn't like it.
0: Yeah, we would just be radio silent. I was pretty blown away by the ride portion of that Bowser I don't know, Mario Kart Bowser's Challenge. Uh, I really wish we went on again. I, I kind of kick myself. I'm gonna have to wait till it comes to Orlando, I guess.
1: Um, which or is you'll also- be out here you'll be yeah. out here before like 2025
0: yeah 2025 uh, yeah the epic universe but really you know congratulations to the team it was really fun i mean the i'll just say the AR is is really quite incredible and you know the, the critique i try to avoid all spoilers and even critiques you know i know there was a lot of buzz around hey this isn't fast was not needed to me for me they really pull off a really incredible experience so really excited to see like the, you know, the, the 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 next evolution of interactivity, you know, I was really cool to see that well blended in there. So excited to see that. And congratulations toast to the team.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I had a great time. I loved all the little mini games throughout the land as well. Yeah. Um, we had a lot of fun with those, like with the Piranha Plant and, and uh, the big boss level. And also, you know, the food. Was really good. Uh, we we sampled quite a bit of the food, wide variety. I know that uh, they, now they have the mushroom soup since we've been there. I would have had that for sure. I love a mushroom soup.
0: There was, a, uh, there was a comedy ensued as Michael Libby, friend of the show and <laughs> friend of ours, tried to order. I don't. He wanted like a burger with no lettuce. I don't even know what it was. it was.
1: It was no Thousand Island dressing, I think it was, or whatever it was, no special sauce, and you know it took three tries, and he got probably the freshest burger anyone's ever gonna eat at. Uh, at nintendo world
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean, every time they take it delivered home. by the
1: chef yeah. himself like, i'll
0: eat that burger i'll take that burger we don't need to give that away um but unfortunately enough they just right in the trash uh oh and then also um tron is in preview, special previews it's
1: yeah. have you been on it did, did you, you go on, on it you I went on it right on. i've been on tron yeah
0: yeah i have and you you went on in shanghai right yes yeah, so that's correct yeah there was there was a lot of buzz about the uh uh i was just worried i wasn't able to fit on it but nah, if it fit it, it the height was pretty restrictive for me but uh, my calves were fine I, 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 there was a lot of i had a treat that kind of went viral because i was like hey i fit on this here's my yeah, measurements.
1: those massive like was, tree trunks
0: yeah i felt like i was like writing a dating profile i'm like i'm six <laughs> five three hundred pounds and like I'm
1: long like, walks in the rain
0: uh, but no, I really, uh, you know, I know you've been on it. It's it's been open for many years in Shanghai. I I love Tron. I love Daft Punk. It's quite a thrill. It's I, I really enjoyed it, and I I look forward to going again uh, soon. Uh, I yeah, think no, was-
1: I thought it was. I think it's a great ride. I'm sure you know. I mean, it's basically the same in 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 Florida, but uh, yeah, I, I thought it was great. It was you know one of my top three rides at Shanghai.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It it's it's to me. I mean, you know, spoilers have been a bit of a listen. It's just like. It's very efficient. It's very fun. It's it's like it's just nonstop. Packs a punch, in it. and I, I I enjoy myself. I think the third time my back was starting to give out, I'm like, okay, that's good. Um, <laughs> definitely recommend riding at night. That's that's the way to go. Um,
1: yeah, no, I totally agree with that.
0: Well, congratulations, and you know, I know that they're they're also doing quite a lot of previews. Uh Mister Steve excuse me they're uh doing a lot of previews started with um cast members wdi and vendors and um it's it's just really cool it's the coolest looking coaster i've ever seen so i'm not sure if you've had that experience but just beautiful at night the lighting package is amazing so excited for that to be mm-hmm. on yard i mean it's magic Kingdom's not a park to go that often but now that i got like a 10 month old i'm gonna be going there a lot and
1: very true I'm
0: looking forward to riding that it's really cool um Other theme park news. uh, I think we already talked about Texas opening up. That was a few weeks ago. Yeah,
1: Yeah, we did in Vegas. Yeah, for Universal,
0: Disney has a uh, Disney did have their earnings call where they, you know, parks are doing gangbusters, but there were layoffs and they were going to be affecting the parks division, not affecting frontline staff. Not sure what that's. Who knows? I mean. Who knows what that's going to affect and how, but obviously our condolences go out to anybody affected by
1: that. So far, I don't know anybody who's been affected. So fingers crossed.
0: Yeah, I, I heard something on LinkedIn about like recruiters being laid off, but I, I have no idea. I mean, it's weird. You go on the website, there's a ton of jobs on the website. Even for a man, it's the most amount of jobs I've ever seen for Imagineering on at yeah. one time. It's like 60 jobs. Yeah. Nothing I can do, but for some, <laughs> there are jobs on there. Yeah, no music
1: um, no music jobs, unfortunately.
0: Yeah, no music jobs. And there's a lot of universal creative jobs online. And
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's just great to see, you know, a lot of action. Um, oh,
1: and we were reminded of uh, the announcement for uh, the F, some sort of avatar experience for Disneyland yeah, right. Resort as well. And I'm of- I'm super pessimistic about that. I'm just assuming it's just, they're just going to jam some of those Singapore figures into uh, whatever's left on Launch Bay.
0: Yeah, there's speculation now. So I've heard of it being at Stage 17. And it I don't know. I mean or that. I d I don't know. I mean that that'd be that would be a cool experience to see the animatronics in there. I mean they yeah. are cool looking. That's City Neon or Animax design, or I don't know if that's public. Probably that, whatever they did him. um oops. Um and it'd be cool to see that. But obviously when you say an avatar experience and you're on your earnings call, you're hoping it's more of a actual attraction. So uh
1: yeah, I don't think they're just suddenly going to build Pandora though, you know. No,
0: no, 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 that's that's tough. Um so we yeah, I mean, and uh, other kind of news was they want to focus on franchises. They're not into doing a bunch of release schedules. I said it on Twitter, I'll say it again. Anybody in Airshot, we need to go back to the 90s where they would do a parade for every movie in the parks. Yeah. Huge marketing blitz. I don't even know what movies are out these days, but if you do it in yeah. the park I mean,
1: 10 to me. that was a, that was a, that was an underrated tweet. I thought I really was like, yeah, man, that would be so great.
0: Yeah, I I, I, thought, I thought I was a genius. Um, just go back to my childhood. That's all we need.
1: Uh, <laughs> you know, the uh, the um, the uh, what's the the parade? Uh, not sensational. The other one, the new one, the new parade at Disneyland Resort is coming back. Yeah, Michael. the 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 new old parade the parade from 2020 that only ran for like three days is coming back on saturday what was it called again i don't know i can't remember anyway magic happens that's right and it's coming back on this saturday uh when we are expecting over three inches of rain here in los angeles
0: so expect (laughs) the rain
1: can't catch a break
0: yeah no absolutely well uh I'd love to bring on our guest. Um, really needs no introduction, and I'm really excited to be talking about business development. You know, um, a lot that happens in the industry, especially if you're involved in the TEA and the industry in, in IAPA, it's a lot of business development, right? Because all these projects are happening around the the globe from operators, owner operators, and then they need vendors to execute them. Whether it's fabricators, design studios, everyone's working on everything and you rarely hear that especially if you're not in the industry you everyone thinks it's you know universal says let's build a park and then there's universal construction workers out there right not what's happening um or you know and it's the same crossover and all that uh so we're i'm delighted to bring on matt kent to the show matt come on down okay there we go welcome to there he is how are you doing
2: (laughs) doing really well thanks for having me guys
1: Oh um, man, with this show, it's been in the works for a long time, and we talked about it back at IAPA, and uh, I know that we've been talking about it here even before that. So uh, it's really great to see you on the show, and thanks so much for taking the time.
2: Thank you, Andy. And by yeah. the way, uh, thank you, Andy, for my. Alyssa uh, and I just want to say thank you for the hatbox ghost tiki mugs that you gifted us for our wedding. That was
1: oh, you're welcome. Very kind of you. Oh, you see, didn't have to say that, but thank you.
2: Good example of business development. As an example,
1: <laughs> Brive, <laughs> bribe, bribe you with tiki mugs. <laughs> That's
2: right. That's all you got to do. Oh. That's all I need.
1: <laughs> no, no, it's my pleasure. And, you know, uh, enjoy them in good health. Thank you.
2: Yeah. So um,
0: what? let's just, you know, start off by giving yourself a little intro. Uh, background on you, for those that do not know, who have been living in a box. Um, I don't know <laughs> anyone who doesn't
1: know you. Does anyone not know you? Yeah. yeah comment I mean, comment I mean, if you don't know Matt. yeah and
0: then we can talk
1: about the company that you're working for yeah
2: i uh oh other side here we go it's mirrored i'm getting used to this (laughs) um yeah so uh let's see so i started in this industry in 2008 and i was fortunate uh, fortunate enough to um get involved in the harry potter project before that i was working at skywalker sound as a, a kind of a sound editor and um Uh, In 2008, came to Orlando and, um, you know, I had been used to being a part of storytelling in a 2D environment, kind of sitting, you know, in the sound stage, uh, you know, around other sound designers. It's a very quiet environment, you know, in that regard. But when I came to Orlando and I got involved in the audiovisual design integration through Technomedia at that time, um, you know, it was just storytelling on a whole other level. And um, I just I never went. I never went back. I started to understand very quickly just, you know, how the process worked because I was, you know, with my blueprints and my hard hat and my, you know, steel toed boots walking around on a job site at Universal back before Hogsmeade existed. It was just nothing but dirt, plywood, planks, you know, everywhere. And uh, all the trades were out there, you know, PCL and uh, so many others that, that brought that to life. Um, and I just kind of realized this was storytelling in the fourth dimension. It was just, uh, it was incredible. And so seeing that all get built and being a part of that was so intriguing to me that I, I couldn't see going back to sitting in a a cold dark computer room or in a theater, you know, for the rest of my days, no offense, Andy. Um, (laughs) <laughs> but, uh, but but um you know through through my time since 2008, I um, you know, and since Potter, I've had the opportunity to be a project coordinator, a project manager. I kind of came up in the ranks. and in 2011, my old boss Dave Mock, who's still a very good friend and um, and someone who believed in me, you know very early on, saw that I was great at, you know, storytelling and, uh, and relationship building and relationship management. And so he sort of came to me and I was a project manager at Oceaneering and he came to me and he said, Hey, you're pretty good at, you know, being a PM, but you're great at, you know, working with people and we really need that right now. And so I had this opportunity to help Oceaneering realize its brand story and tell its brand story. And, uh, you know, find a way to make oceaneering relevant and really kick down doors to a new client base um, at the time. And I, I probably can't say too much about, you know, the specifics, but they had one major client at that time and they needed to just get access and, and relate to these other clients that were in the industry. So <clears throat> fortunately, the TEA was Uh, Very active still is very active here in Orlando. I started going to the mixers and networking events to, you know, the out of town events and I got to know everybody. And it was a very slow what felt like a very slow process when you're the new kid in the room, you know, to get sort of work the room, shake hands, you know, uh, wear the name tag and just constantly try to understand who's who in the room, who's who in the zoo as I like to say, um, and, you know, finding ways to to collaborate together to, you know, really listen and, and that kind of thing. And it just came so easily. I was so enthusiastic. I still am you know, about this. This is what I get to do day in and day out. And You mentioned, Andy, uh, you asked me if there's anybody that doesn't know me or anyone I don't know. And the answer is yes. Lots of people. I'm meeting new people every day. Um, but that's that's kind of the job. And so we'll talk more about that. But um, I've been fortunate to see this industry for from a different, you know, from different perspectives, uh, because I've worked for audiovisual design integrators, I've worked for ride and show uh, system engineers and designers, I've worked for you know Universal Creative. I was with Universal for a year, uh, a design firm called Hotop out of Seattle, um, Scenario. Uh, which is you know uh, a design uh, design uh, fabricator and uh, seeding fabricator in the industry, um, known for a lot of projects. and I don't again, don't know what I can say and can't say. but um, and now, you know working with Martin Aquaticus, it's just enabled me to see the industry from so many different perspectives and understand how the <laughs> how the donuts get made, as it were. Um, and I've been really, really fortunate and really grateful.
1: the the mini donuts of course the delicious cinnamon sugar mini donuts (laughs) yeah those are munchkins andy oh sorry It's an eye-op of humor there for us. Yeah, that's great. I mean, uh, I just, I, I feel like I've known you forever. I mean, you know, watch you come up through the ranks like that, like you're talking about and through all the different companies and, and all the experiences that you've gotten. And, uh, you know, there's not a lot of people that, that can say that they've worked, you know, for so many different disciplines within the industry. Usually like, someone's an artist or a writer and they end up, you know, maybe becoming a creative director or something like that. But like, you know, you've you really have seen it all.
2: <laughs> yeah. There was a time when I, you know, I was really um, <clears throat> I guess I've always been hungry for more. You know, um, I have largely worked for very supportive employers and very capable, I would say cream of the crop, you know, employers. And I've been fortunate in that way. But there there was the time <laughs> where I kind of got to a point where <clears throat> I felt like I was the kid. Who was maybe you know stuck inside on a snow day or something just looking out at everyone playing out there and just having a great time and i wanted to be i wanted to be part of that i felt like it was all passing me by and so you know i went in search of a way to become more involved and and have uh, more of a touch point into the the fun creative side of the business and that's when i went to universal creative and um i'm glad that i had that experience you know but uh i certainly didn't know what i was doing my path has been extremely non-linear in nature and so yeah we'd love to kind of chat about it And i know you have some questions prepared so i won't take too much yeah no worries well you know what why don't we just to kind of set
0: the table a bit um do you, you want to just kind of talk us through a little bit about Martin Aquatic? I know we have like a slide deck. If you want to talk over that, so we can kind of rifle through and you can kind of give me the little history of the company.
2: Yeah, yeah, I'd be happy to. Uh, so, you know, I've been with Martin Aquatic since uh, July 11th of 2022. And uh, Martin Aquatic has been around since 1987, so roughly 35 years in business and, this is a group of um, very talented design engineers. Uh, they provide, you know, mostly engineering consultancy. They, as you can see from these images, you know, they work on everything from cruise ships, uh, you know, agnostically working with all of the, the product vendors that are out there to identify, specify, you know, what goes best into a project. So a lot of times the creative comes from the client side or there's a third party creative who's involved. Um, we have been, you know, uh, able to offer creative resources when it comes to laying out, uh, for example, an indoor water park like this, this one that you see now. Um, you know, uh, but uh, Martin Aquatic is based in Orlando. We have an office downtown. So it's pretty easy to get to um, when, when you're here. And I would say to anyone who's kind of watching right now or in the industry, if you'd like to come by at some point for a tour, I'd love to show you around and introduce you to the team. We've got about 32, 33 people on staff here right now. And um,
1: you know we have, what, kind you have of, water slides there at the office. Yeah. Unfortunately, the slides, we
2: don't. We're very close to several locations that have water slides. <laughs> so we can always take a field trip. Um, and then you know, uh, other bits that we contribute to as a company include what you see here, which are these nighttime shows or fountain shows. Um, the clarification I should make is we don't build anything, right? There are firms out there who design and build. We find that you know, as design consultants, this is this is really our specialty. What we do provide is um, you know construction administration, which means that we're going to design your system and then we're going to make sure that it's built exactly as it was specified, exactly uh, how it was designed. And, um, you know, that CA service or construction administration service comes along with um, RFP assistance where we're writing the aquatic RFP. We're helping to interview and select the aquatic, um, you know, construction crew or, or firm that's going to be, Eventually hired to uh, build these spaces, and then we'll oversee, you know, just to ensure that you get the product that you that you wanted. Um, and you know, there's there's another facet to Martin Aquatic that is really special, and and one of the reasons that I came over um, is that. You know the the, again being in the theme park industry for roughly 15 years which i've been um you know uh, theme parks are a certainly a very important sort of core form of destination leisure or leisure destinations um these other things that you're seeing these hotel resorts these destination resorts or water parks or when you take a cruise these, I think, are, you know, a natural evolution or adjacent, you know, themed experiences. Some of them employ intellectual properties. Others do not. But in every case, this is about guest experience, design and development. And, you know, that's something that I'm really excited about. Uh, one of the tools in the, the Martin Aquatic toolbox is uh, something called Blue Mar Basins, which I don't know if we actually, I think we have one or two slides um, here. I'm not really sure where they are in the deck. Yeah, it's this one. So um, the Blue Mar Mason technology is really special. It's a multi-acre body of water product that is unlike anything else on the market. And, you know, to the untrained eye, like talk to me eight, eight months ago, I had no idea what made this special, but... I do now. So there is, you know, uh, I can walk right up to the NDA edge and tell you just enough, but this is 100% swimmable water over multiple acres. And this example that we're looking at, this render was, you know, which was created in house, um, illustrates a residential community. This is an actual project that's not been announced yet, but it's a residential community um, that has multiple zones so we have you know everything from this this beautiful rock work in the middle um, with the water in you know kind of waterfalls coming off of it that's actually a cliff jump space so you can cliff jump off of that into deep water right there in another section you can paddleboard in another section you can simply enjoy the waves that are rolling in to the beach which is closest to us in this render you see those folks hanging out on the beach and the the waves rolling in Um, it's it's unlike anything else on the market and um in in that regard it's you know it's very special this is a patent pending um bit of technology that martin aquatic has so geniusly developed so um, i'm really excited to be here at this particular moment in time for the company because this this in addition to all of the other great work that we're doing is what really sets us apart in this space and you know what i get excited about is creating salespeople outside of a company outside of my company and you know i think the best way to do that is with great products um and with a great brand story so yeah thanks for the opportunity to talk about martin aquatic
1: yeah that's great. well yeah i mean that yeah. dovetails into into the the topic of today's show is business development, creating salespeople outside of your, your own structure, you know? Um, And I I feel like, you know, for a lot of people in the industry, you know, like, you know, independent contractors and and people with small operations like myself, it's like, you know, you want, you know, your your past clients to be your future salespeople essentially. So let's start talking about that and then like what, what, does business development mean to you? You know, um,
2: I've and I know it's get, very know, complicated. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, since you've asked me to be part of the show, and thanks again for the opportunity, um, you know, leading into this, I, I've heard from various business development experts in the field and, uh, you know, friends, these are friends of mine, these are colleagues of mine, and I don't have any kind of secret sauce to be honest with you. Um, I think that a lot of what we all do is, you know, a mixture of um, inherent skill and, you know, who we think we are. But ultimately, the market defined me. You know, I was going in a completely different direction and I kept hearing over and over and over, dude, you should be in sales. And, you know, so business development, I think, first of all, we all have, our own brand of business development Uh, even those of us who don't you know don't have it on our business card right Um, we all have our own brand of it and business development is um, really I think at the end of the day it comes down to um, you know how you present yourself how you present uh, the company that you represent I think it's um, being open and you know being willing to develop relationships kind of you know from for someone who's got the title you need a an inherent comfortability almost you know being on stage or walking into a room whether you're going to present or whether you're walking into a conference and you don't know anybody or maybe you know three people but you can't just hang out with them the whole time because then you're not doing your job and that is you know that is a real scenario that i've been up against for years where you know it's <clears throat> the the themed entertainment industry in particular is a very small bird bath and we may not all know everyone right but we know maybe 90% and then you have your maybe 20% that you're really sort of tight with and the tendency we see this a lot and kind of preach it a lot in the tea i'm on the eastern board now and in talking to you know talking to the board members, whenever mixers take place, the tendency is to hang out with the people you know. But what we you know what you have to push yourself to do a lot of times is just get out there, have a goal of of meeting two or three people that you didn't know before, find out something about them, you know, uh, connect on LinkedIn uh, with the intent to one day maybe work together, you know. Um, But I think business development is not about sales. It's not about the transactional nature of a sale. I'm going to caveat that and say you always have to be, you know, asking for the sale. But business development is really relationship development. And, you know, thinking about how how your needs can coincide with their needs, how their company's needs and your company's needs can sort of meet. Um, And a lot of times it just... Not a lot of times, every time it, it requires flexibility, right? Flexibility to just sort of and band, and bandwidth. Uh, bandwidth is a big one, you know, but just being willing to to listen uh, 90% of the time, that's a big one. I, there are a lot of folks out there that think that sales mean they have to be the smartest person in the room. That is not at all the case. You know it's really just about listening. What are the challenge? I'm not going to come in and sell you a Blue Mar Basin when you don't need that, you know? Um, so, so yeah, I, that was not a succinct answer, uh, but all of, it is, all of those things are relevant. I think
0: I, and I, one thing that's interesting is just bringing on you on the show is there's often just this tendency where, you know, engineers don't talk to the creative people, creative people don't talk to the engineers they don't talk to the graphic designer. Mm. You know, there's a lot of disconnect. And um, for a lot of people who are watching and in the industry, they work for vendors and they may, mm-hmm. may be redesigning something. Right. So I'd uh, love to hear what your perspective is. It's like, what would you want to tell somebody who's creative on the creative side of the industry to know about mm-hmm. business development or maybe a little bit more of a, you know,
2: yeah. Um, I, I would, you know, I think that the first thing I would say is know yourself, know your brand. And if you don't, then spend some time, spend some time and figure that out. What is it that sets you apart? Because one thing that this industry is not short on is creatives, um, and also talent, you know, but, um, um, it's not, I don't mean this to be, uh, as incendiary as it sounds, but there is a difference between, for example, Disney and Universal. What makes Disney different than Universal? And, you know, I think that as as vendors and as individuals, we have to ask ourselves that question. How are we seen through the marketplace, like through that lens? Um, And maybe what you think is not what the market thinks. And having a business development mindset or person that you can kind of lean into, to help you fill in those gaps and understand better, you know, you're going to get the sort of raw truth looking through someone else's eyes and, and knowing what your brand is, is super important. Um, Telling your brand story, making it digestible enough that, you know, you can have someone else as again, become a salesperson for you. But for the creatives, I would also say, um, you know, uh, once you've established your brand, I would say, stay flexible stay open um in terms of you know that that one thing that you bring might not be the you know the answer to everyone's problems and then constantly be growing i think whether it's growing your team or if you're an individual uh creative i would say grow your skill set you know sort of um look into different paths i mean i had a <laughs> i was out at um at the the Thea Awards last year, and the morning of, I went to breakfast at Catal uh, in downtown Disney, and um, I was by myself. And I saw I saw a creative director in the industry, and I sat and we had a nice chat. And I asked him what he was up to, and he told me he decided to start um, get back to education, and he was getting his master's in in religion. And this guy was not religious or spiritual in any way. But I, out of pure interest, you know, I I kind of started digging. And he said, well, you know, I I think that, you know, if you look at the various religions in the world, those stories are so compelling. He just wanted to become a better storyteller. And so he started to study uh, religion and is getting his master's. And I think that's fascinating. That's a really out of the box, interesting, interesting direction one could take to broaden one's creative skill set.
1: Yeah. Well, I think that that makes me think of uh, the advice that Marty Sklar gave me years and years ago uh, was to learn about anything and everything. You know, is to always be curious. And I think that's a really interesting story to 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 tell in in this conversation.
0: Yeah, that's great. Well, one thing that you talked about, you know, being your brand and being at industry events over the course of the past couple of questions, um, we're always, you know, it's kind of interesting where, you know, all of us have, well, most of us, actually all of us have worked for different companies, right? So when you're at a TA event, if you're not on the biz dev side, you might just be representing myself, but also maybe you're want to represent a a company you work for, Um, you Mm -hmm. know, how do you switch modes between that? Is there a switch, you know, and what maybe some best practices around that?
2: Um, You know, I think that, uh, I think that it really is just about flexibility, you know, flexibility in conversation. Um, We, I think everyone out there knows what the hard sell is and, you know, it's, um, it's sort of, super obvious when that's happening to you from someone else you're like oh dude you know chill it out well you know we'll get there so i think just reading the room a little bit in conversation uh you know is probably the best policy in terms of when to flip the switch but um yeah go ahead
1: well my my friend Damien montanillo friend of the show uh who's probably watching now we've had so many conversations about that reading the room knowing when to turn it off um uh, and you know i think that's a, a really important skill that a lot of young people need to learn is to you know just because you you're at the event you know this is not your one and only chance to sell yourself you know you need to you know just mm. you know be be natural be cool have some chill you know mm. this is just the beginning <laughs>
2: yeah that's
1: interview. uh no patrick it's your show by the way great <laughs> thank you
2: yeah i
0: know
1: yeah. it's Hold finally on. paid off all you're of doing the show it's finally paid off yeah
0: <laughs> i'm wearing this till it falls off my head um and i have two of them <laughs> i now have two of them during that i have a show uh it's whitewater west folks um uh one thing that's interesting is like when you're when you go to these industry events is people want to go maybe if you're a professional and you, you really want to talk to people who are maybe four stages away ahead of you and it's like really you need to be talking to people who are your peers and slightly above that if someone said hey how do i get an internship i don't know ask somebody who just got an internship because i don't yeah, know how to get an internship yeah. you know what i mean so it's like uh, yeah. uh and i guess i should be asking you know so it's 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 this thing of like this desire to go to the top but really you need to be going like right your peers um that you've been you've known for you know i've known both you guys for over a decade um andy was in almost 20 or 15 years like it's the same people you're going to be working with over and over again and over mm-hmm. again and get these events and so while well, it's intimidating at first there's no need to give the hard sell Ask, right. what, I mean, yeah. what wait what do you what does your company do that's really and even then keep it limited
2: um yeah sorry yeah. God. Okay. No, no. Ag- agreed. And and you're taking me back to, and this comes up a lot when I, I don't know why, but this one really had an impact on me. But again, when I was first, uh, when I first started going to the TEA events, um, and you know, we all feel those butterflies, you know, when you're walking into the mixer and you don't know anybody or you don't see anyone that you do know. Um, and, <clears throat> but I remember, getting my name tag and this was at the old bar louis in orlando uh yeah it was maybe 2011 i guess and i walked in and was just sort of surveying the room and a little bit nervous you know uh, i could feel my my body temperature rising and uh and i was look you know really what i was doing was looking for someone who wasn't engaged in a conversation already and uh, you sort of have to kill time until you, until you find that right moment. So, you know, I, uh, kind of took a very slow walk around the room, observed faces and name tags and so forth. And then finally came to Steve Burkett and Steve, Steve was, uh, I think he was TEA president at that time, but, but, um, I shouldn't say that on the air cause I haven't verified it, but, um, if he wasn't, he was about to be and he was just so kind and he turned to me and anyone that knows him, you know, he's just so, so welcoming. And, uh, he just said, hi, you know, I'm Steve Burkett. And I said, hi, I'm Matt Kent. It's nice to meet you. Well, what do you do, Matt? And we got into the conversation about, I worked for Oceaneering and so forth. And he told me about his company, which I had never heard of Burkett Engineering before, um, that moment. And, you know, then from that moment, Steve was Steve was my my guy. He was like my anchor. You know, I can't say that Steve and I got particularly close, um, but it was just I knew who he was. He was my first, you know, the first person I met. So at all future events, I'd walk up to Steve, say, "Hi, Steve. I'm Matt Kent." We talked at the last. You know, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Hi, how are you? Until eventually, and I guys, I did this like three or four times. Hi, Steve. <laughs> I'm Matt Kent. You know, and he. One time, he was like, "I know who you are." <laughs> and that moment of "I know who you are" is when you get to start talking. You know, is when you sort of get to start representing your agenda. And and I use agenda in a loose form, you know, but it's it is a very uh, it is a very slow and intentional process to get to know people, and you have to go at their speed. You know, so if I were to have gone up to Steve and said, "Hey, I'm Matt Kent. I'm in business development for Oceaneering, and I want to talk to you about ride systems and why you need one,"
1: <laughs> like let's find the right system you. for you.
2: Right, right. You know, that's just not the right approach. It was more yeah. about, you know, we were talking about where we were from and you know how did we get into the industry and things like that. And those, those con- like think of, you're you're there to make friends. I think is the mentality. And business always follows, like business will come. But when you have a genuine interest in what makes people tick, not only what they do or what their titles are, or, you know, I want to talk to that person because they're a top top person at Disney or whatever it is. It's more, you know, I just, I wish we could just ditch the name tags and just look each other in the eye and go, I'm a human, you're a human you know, what, what, what are you into? Like, let's just hang out and talk. And I feel like that approach just goes so much further, especially in the early days. So,
0: yeah, well, it's kind of, so I got a lot of thoughts. Like I don't want to say like even me, but even me, I walk into a TA event and I'm intimidated. Like, Oh, I don't know. And it's like, I know, I know half, like I know people, but I'm yeah. still nervous. Yeah. It. It's just this weird thing. I don't know how to explain it. Um, so even if you're a young professional or a student, we're all just, we're all humans. We're all animals. You know, we're nervous. It's a, who knows where it's the unknown, even though I know people are going to be there that I know. Anyways, it's so weird.
1: Matt, Matt, I I think your your advice is great. You know, uh, I do the same thing. I, I look around the room, do a slow walk, you know, and then find the people that aren't engaged, especially people I don't know I've never seen before. And, you know, like, you know, I'm very curious, like, okay, what's your story? Why are you here? And why, you know, you know, you know, tell me your story. Yeah.
2: Yeah. And, and eventually, eventually it comes back around and it is so uh, it's, it's almost overwhelming when people seek you out. It's, but it does happen. It just takes, it takes some patience and, you know, persistence on your part, but a measured persistence, you know, and then eventually people are coming to you and going, Hey Matt, I'm going, oh my gosh, what's that guy's name? I know, he, you know, <laughs> and they have to do it to me. Like I did to, st- I met Kent, you know, in that repetition of four to five times until somebody goes, shut up. I got it. You know, it's good to see you, man. How are you? <laughs> I just, I like to give this pro tip out because
0: I, there was somebody, I, I presume nobody knew who I was. and I, I was a very, I was very young and, and I just said, oh, it's good to meet you. And the guy's like, I- I've met you before, man, and he was kind of like shitty, uh, shitty about it. And so from then on, I just said, "It's good to see you." To anybody at any point in time yeah. that I'm talking to, because it's good to see you either way. Either yeah, way, you know, I whatever. do the same thing.
1: It's it's, <laughs> um, it, then, it's it's a it's a hack for sure. Yeah,
0: good to see you. And then you know, people love talking about themselves, right? Like I, I highly recommend how to win friends and influence people. You should read yep. that book if you're trying to network and get and get people on your side. Um, yeah. now, really going back to you know, you you said earlier you people kind of told you, hey, you're a business development guy. And then now you're a business development guy. How did you actually get into it? Is there an origin story uh, you know, of what how it happened
2: and all went down? <laughs> I wish I wish that I had something really cool to say, you know, about <laughs> that. But- I mean, it is to me. It is cool. It is cool to uh, you know, and that's why I think earlier on when I said you know um, that it's it's part inherent, like inherent quality, and then it's also kind of what who you think you are and what you train yourself to be. Um, you know, for for me, the the honest truth is no, I I never targeted business development as you know as a career. I just didn't. I mean, I I targeted being a musician and entertainer as a career. I targeted um, being a, a project manager as a career. And I did those things, a sound designer as a career. And I did those things. But, um, you know, ultimately it just, I, I don't know. I mean, I, I could have done them. I could have continued. But having someone recognize your talents who's in a position to enable you and just like, you know, wind you up and just say, go. Like, that's a, that's a great uh, mentor, It's a great boss. And I think it's the kind of person that, you know, all leaders of companies should strive to be. Um, but, you know, that's how I got into business development was just, yeah. You know, I was attending IAPA at Oceaneering's booth in 2011, uh, my first year there. And I remember, you know, wearing my khakis and my Oceaneering polo with the rest of them. And walking around our booth and just looking at the booth going, you know, this doesn't tell the Oceaneering story. There's nothing on here about theme parks. There's, you know, to be honest, it was like, you know, Oceaneering is a huge company, Oceaneering International Incorporated. And, you know, they, they're based in uh, Louisiana, but they have at the time, I don't know what it is now, but you know, they had uh, offices in 26 countries and 58 total locations. And, you know the the images that were on this booth at IAPA, the International Association of Amusement Parks and Attractions Trade Show, were these images of, you know, like ROVs, submersible remotely operated vehicles, like you know the ones you see in Titanic, uh, or or on National Geographic or the Discovery Channel. And I had a guy come up to me. And I wish I could remember who he was because I'm sure I know him and I've, i but he came up to me and he said, So I don't get it. What do you guys do in theme parks exactly? And he's looking at the same thing I'm looking at, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, this doesn't tell the story. So I just kind of went to to Dave and and the guys that were there, and I was like can we redesign the booth for next year? And it was that initial, like, we got to do better. Like, we're better than this. We can. There's a story here that we can tell, and we're going to find out what it is, and we're going to develop it, and we're going to make it right and digestible and repeatable. And we're going to come back here, and we're going to nail this thing. And that's exactly what happened. But it was that initiative and that passion and, like, vigor around just getting it right. Dave was like, yep, you're doing this.
0: Yeah, I, I love that story, by the way, just the, what do you guys do? I, I don't, I don't even know.
1: I love that. <laughs> something, something, something underwater. I mean, you tell me. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> right. well, and, and, you know, Oceanair has gone on to build some of the, you know, the most elaborate and successful and, you know, interesting, complicated attractions. Uh, yeah. I'm, you know, so it's, it's great to
2: see that, um, that's yeah. you know, that has gone i mean and that's the part of the story i haven't told which is and very briefly so this is the this is the brand story it's not the one that's on the website but this is the one conversationally that really got people to relate to oceaneering which is you know in uh now i it it's been a while since i've done this but in 1989 when universal orlando opened uh the jaws attraction promptly stopped working the the jaws sharks were had been Engineered and you know developed by Hollywood, um, Hollywood robotics people, and uh, now this is a time before the internet. So when the attract when the attraction went down, they went into the yellow pages and kind of said you know uh, subsea engineering, and they found Oceaneering. and um, you know they made the phone call. Dave Mock and uh, five other guys, Steel Team Six, came to Orlando. They drained the attraction. They took apart all the sharks and, you know, kind of said, okay, we got to redo this whole thing. And they re engineered it, reinstalled it, recommissioned it, and it ran for 20 years. And that was that opportunity, even though they'd never done themed entertainment before, was the opportunity. Who better than subsea, you know, engineers that understood the complexities of the harshest environment known to man, the ocean? You know, and and subsea environments to come in and and get this thing back on track. And so um, so that was, you know, how they got into the business and promptly had so many other opportunities, because, as you know, you know, once you get a project and you do well, that's a conversion of new business into an account. And uh, and they were asked to take a look at a lot of other things that maybe weren't working so well and, and got involved in the development of new attractions and that sort of thing. So, you know, it explains the bridge from what the 2011 booth said about ROVs and deep sea, you know, engineering and oil rig maintenance and all these things that nobody cared about at IAPA to the theme park industry. You know, yeah, and great. that was that was a lot of fun. It was super important. And from there. Oceaneering, you know, I was part of uh, product development, you know, and um, they, you know, developed the Revolution Trackless Ride System, uh, you know, which won a Thea Award for Breakthrough Technology, which had never been awarded before that time. Um, and, you know, Oceaneering was on the tips of people's tongues all of a sudden. You know, before that, they were just sort of under the radar. And that's really that's really great marketing it's and it's great business development it's just kind of helping the the world understand who you are and that you exist and you're the best at what you do
1: yeah everyone knows oceanary now no small thanks to you
0: oh thank Uh, you so just kind of talking about love to talk about and i'm going to kind of combine two questions um tips to build a business relationship
2: and how to maintain a business relationship I live and die by my my calendar and I have um, I have my moleskin notebook. I have my phone with my notes program. I have my calendar and I use all of all of these things in some form or fashion um, to, you know, remind myself that, you know, you just get to a point of where bandwidth is an issue and just staying organized is uh, is super important. So maintaining those relationships uh, is is key. And the best way to do that is to make the rounds similar to how a server in a restaurant makes the rounds. You know, you make the rounds with your client, you check in or your, your colleagues and your collaborators and your clients and your prospective clients. And um, you know, it's important just to kind of check in. And especially when you get to that near term of, you know, converting a conversational relationship, coffees, lunches, dinners, that kind of thing, uh, trade show meetings and stuff, when you convert those into an actual opportunity to bid and win work and becoming, uh, becoming a, an asset to, you know, a client or getting on, you know, a collaborator's team, um, you have to make the rounds. You have to check in with your tables, you know, and just make sure they have everything they need. Uh, so that's probably the simplest form of the answer.
0: Cool. keep it up
2: keep chatting yeah that's
0: well it's always something that at some point you're gonna need something in your career and it's like oh hey i haven't talked to you in two years but yeah. i just applied for this job and it looks like you may know you know it's like that's that's the worst um yeah all, and you it's and, all, and
1: it's it there's a fine line between you know being annoying and not being annoying with with that kind of thing too and then you know you still you know I think that, you know, it comes back to the relationship thing. It's like, you know, you also want to be the kind of person people want to talk to and be interesting. And yeah, like yeah, Trevor says, be persistent without being annoying, you know, because eventually when you start a project with these people, they're going to be talking to them like every day, multiple times a day, you know, for a period of time. and. <laughs> You know, I you know, I think Tom Hanks put it perfectly, like when you're working on the movie, you know, only ten percent of the time you're actually shooting the movie. The ninety the rest of the ninety percent of the time he calls the hang. And if you can't hang, you know, with your fellow actors and crew, then like the whole thing falls apart and you know, yeah. you know, you can you yeah. get a sense of, you know, that that none of these people, there's no chemistry. You can't no one is obviously no one is getting along. And I think mm-hmm. that, that that translates to our industry as well. You know, it's like you want to be yeah the person that people want to have around on long-term projects. Absolutely. You know,
2: and, uh, and, you know, on, on that note, you know, you do get to a point after so many years where you're dependent upon, you know, for that kind of thing, whether you're a member of an association or you're, you know, a business development person, you have to start making decisions about, you know, when you start to get double booked, triple booked and things like that, but making, you know, fit, fitting it into your schedule, making it a priority is is a must. Um, and it's challenging sometimes even for me. I mean, I missed I missed a tea event last week and I it wasn't um, it was a choice that I had to make. Um, but it was in order to uh, have one on one with an executive at a regional, you know, a regional park and um, know i just kind of had to i had to balance that out so balance is a big part of the job and sometimes those decisions are not made lightly or easily um because i feel like i you know we all have fomo when we can't get to these events and i certainly had fomo as i was sitting there trying to you know (laughs) like tune in um at my meeting i was like i wonder what they're all doing (laughs) like i wonder who's there they were drinking we were drinking
1: (laughs) well like you said though i mean you have to stay flexible and you've got a part of that is 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 uh knowing how to spend your time and who to spend your time with and what what's what you know the triage of your of your business development you know time is
2: yeah i think honestly and i it's this has come up recently too and um i've i just recently said to somebody i'm like it's uh you know, I'm I'm not unreachable, I am here, I am here for you as an individual. And here's my number, I think you have it, please use it. You know, I'm not, this is not me ignoring you or choosing them over this or whatever. But you know, just constantly being uh, present is an impossibility, you cannot constantly be present. But you can constantly be reachable, you can constantly be available. And I think that that's a, a
1: key difference. I think that's really brilliant, brilliant way to put it.
0: No, that's great. Well, you know, we've answered, we have a lot of other questions, but it feels like you've answered a lot of them. So we're going to close with um, one of the fun questions I like to ask. And, you know, if you could go in back in time, what would you tell your younger self who's entering the industry? The young, wide-eyed, blue-eyed, I don't know if you're um, (laughs) blue-eyed, Matt Kent, what would you tell them?
2: It's They're hazel. Um, (laughs) Yeah Um, Some days they're blue Some days they're green Uh, Other days like little glittery gold I don't know how it works But thanks mom Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah I You know to be honest I I look back from a career standpoint And I think that I played it right Only because um, I was always open I think just you know always being open, letting the market define you, you may, you know, unfortunately, not everyone is going to have their Dave mock or their, you know, their leader who's going to identify a skill set and invest in it. Um, But just understand who you are, um, and and sort of seek happiness. And you know, it's true. Like I I used to think like people would say, my parents especially would say, you know, just seek happiness and money will follow. And that didn't seem like it was possible. And not every part of my job is pleasant. But overall, what I get to do for a living does not feel like work. It feels like a privilege. And, um, you know, I think being open to what the market is saying to you uh, and certainly what your heart is sort of telling you and kind of how you feel, just don't force yourself into a box, you know, be flexible and maybe say yes to most, if not every opportunity and just see what happens.
0: Yeah.
1: I think that's excellent advice.
2: Thank you.
0: Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. That was fantastic. I mean, I love that advice. Positive high note to end on. Uh, Matt can't thank you enough for coming on the show. And it's, it's really, it, I'm, I i can not believe it took essentially three years. So, um, we'll try to get you back on sooner than three years, uh, in the future.
2: I mean, I've been sitting here for 77 episodes, just <laughs> waiting for the phone. To <laughs> <be>.
0: <laughs> Baby, um, love to give a shout out to our producers in the studio from an undisclosed um charlie is like I, I don't know maybe in prison um with that background <laughs> um but no, thanks to the, the people behind the scenes that work to make the show magic and swimmingly uh and uh matt thanks so much for coming on it's a it's been a, a lot of fun to, to just have a time to chat with you and uh, yeah. appreciate your time
2: sure guys thank you so much appreciate it
1: thanks again